You're living healed. If you came in depressed this morning, you are going back joyful. If you came in hopeless, you are going back with a lorry, a truckload of hope. And this week will be the beginning of weeks for you in the name of Jesus. God will cause people to remember you for good this week in the name of Jesus. Every little effort will bring in a great harvest of rewards in the name of Jesus. You will find God at every turn of the way this week in the name of Jesus. You will never ever be ashamed in the name of Jesus. You will never ever be stranded in the name of Jesus. When you need the help of one person, ten will show up for you. In the name of Jesus. God is bringing help this week in the name of Jesus. So say this like you mean it. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus. Your word says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Therefore I said myself, in alignment with the word of God. And I decree that I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. There is no room for weakness and weariness in my spirit, in my soul, and my body. I am strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. I am strengthened with might by the Holy Ghost in my inner man. Christ, the anointed one, and his anointing dwells in my heart by faith. And I am rooted and grounded in love. The Holy Spirit is at work in me every time, giving me the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Therefore, the way I live my life will always, always honor and please the Lord. And my life will produce every kind of good fruit. And I increase in the knowledge of God. Therefore, there is no vacancy in my life to Satan, to sin, to carnality, to poverty, to sickness and disease. I am filled with all the fullness of God. I walk by faith. I walk in love. And my faith works. My faith in Jesus produces results. And God is glorified in my life. The glory of his presence is my habitation. Therefore, there is no room for shame in my life as I look to God daily in his word I will never ever never ever never 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 ever 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 be put to shame in nothing will I be ashamed my spirit is attuned to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. My mind is renewed by the infallible word of God. 
My body is in alignment with the word of God. Therefore, I call my body healed. I call my sight restored. I call my strength renewed. I call my youth renewed in the name of Jesus. Now say to your body, say body. Line up with the word of God. By his stripes, I am healed. <laughs> By his stripes, I am healed. That is how to do your workout every morning. And when you want to do your push-up, by his stripes, I am healed. The stone church is blessed. The potter's planet is blessed. The satellite church is blessed. The expression house is blessed. Who else is blessed?
fast to your confession. Never let go of it. Never let go of it. I bring you God's word this morning, teaching on the blood, but also speaking about the confession. Turn with me to Leviticus chapter 16. Leviticus chapter 16. Glory be to God. Remind me to talk about. <laughs> okay, don't worry. I remember. The Holy Spirit will remind me. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you. And if you topple over, you're blessed. <laughs> Leviticus 16 and verse 14. That's where I'm coming from this morning. Victory by the blood is the series. Victory by the blood. We have victory by the blood of Jesus. I want to show you a ceremony in the Old Covenant called the Day of Atonement. And I want to show you the precision of the Word of God. How that when God gives a word, He's precise. And when it comes to fulfillment, it comes to fulfillment according to every detail that God has given out. And He shall take of the blood of the bullock, that's talking about the high priest, and sprinkle it with His finger upon the mercy seat eastward. And before the mercy seat shall he sprinkle of the blood with his finger seven times. Somebody say seven times. I want to show you the sevenfold sprinkling of the blood of Christ. And talk about the sevenfold application of the same blood. And see where you belong in Christ. And see how to take your place of authority that you have in him. And now to show the devil the way out of your life, out of your home, out of your family, out of your business, out of your finances, out of your health. Because we already have the victory over him. Revelation 12, 11 tells us they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, one, and number two, by the word of their testimony and they loved not their lives unto the death. And I spoke about that last week. Loving not their lives unto the death means that they were totally committed. And I told us two areas where we need to be committed. Number one, we need to be committed in our worship of God. That is our entire lifestyle. Not just the music we sing in church, but how we live our lives. You must honor God Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Not just on Sunday. Let your life be the sacrifice that you bring to God. Not just the music from your mouth, but your life. How do you live your life? Number two, I said to us last week that we must be committed in our confession. Let the words of your mouth be consistent with the word of God. Don't dance with the devil. Don't join him to speak ill over yourself. The Lord said to Aaron the high priest, on the day of Yom Kippur, the day of atonement, when you bring in the sin offering, the blood of the animal used as the sin offering, you sprinkle the blood before the mercy seat eastwards seven times. Fast forward to the New Testament. Jesus came as our Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach. The one and only sin offering once and for all 
to die in our place and to atone us back to God because it takes blood to atone for the souls of men. In Leviticus 17, 11, he said the life of the flesh is in the blood and I've given it to you upon the altar because it is the blood that atones for your souls. So Jesus came. Now, what God told Aaron to do in the old covenant was a type was a shadow of what was to come in the new. Jesus was going to be the lamb, the lamb of God, that would be killed to take away our sin, to give us forgiveness, and to grant us access to the Father. And he also, as Aaron sprinkled the blood seven times, Jesus' blood must also be sprinkled seven times. If it is done six times, it will be an imperfect offering for our sin. It had to be seven. It must be seven. And so I'm fast forwarding now because I have a whole lot of things to share with you. On the way to the crucifixion, towards the end of his earthly ministry, now came the time for him to begin to sprinkle his blood. And the blood must be sprinkled seven times. The number one time he did that, now listen, why must Jesus do it seven times? And did he do it seven times? Oh yes he did. We'll come back there. The number one time he sprinkled his blood was in the garden of Gethsemane where he had gone to agonize in the place of prayer. This was not Lord give me butter and bread kind of prayer. He was praying for the church. He was going to offer himself unto the Father. And that was captured in Luke, I believe, 22 and verse 44. As he agonized in the garden of Gethsemane, Simani, as he prayed, the Bible says, I'm being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly. The prayer was so intense, the apostles he took with him to pray with him, he left them at a point, he went further to pray. By the time he came back, they were sleeping. But he was agonizing in the spirit because he was getting ready for the ultimate sacrifice. And now, his blood must be sprinkled the process was about to begin. Hell was about to be brought to our knees. Satan was yet rejoicing. Yeah, we're going to get him now. Yeah, we're going to get him now. They got uh, Judas Iscariot. They bribed him. They put money in his account. And they were rejoicing. And Jesus was agonizing. Oh, Father, this cup is so, so much. I need your help. And as he prayed more earnestly, the Bible, the King James Version says, and his sweat was as it were. His sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. You don't sweat like blood. This was blood coming out. Some of the Bible scholars have told us that as he agonized in the spirit, a capillary broke on his head and blood flowed. This was the first sprinkling of the blood in the place of prayer. Brethren, there is no power there is no atomic power that is as efficient as the power generated in the place of prayer. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes people. Prayer moves the muscles of omnipotence. Prayer moves the muscles of omnipotence. When you want anything to change in your life, pray. Enough is enough writing on WhatsApp status, your frustrations. That won't bring anything but pity party. Pray. Is there any Mary among you? Let him sing psalms. 
Is any afflicted? Let him pray. James 5.17 tells us, the effectual fervent prayer of one righteous man availeth much. It makes much power available. One translation says, it makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. You want a change in your family? Stop complaining. Pray. You want a change in your father's behavior? Pray. You want a change in your mom's behavior towards your father? Pray. You want a change in your economic situation? Pray. You want a change in the spiritual atmosphere in your home? Pray. Jesus prayed and agonized and blood. He began to sweat blood. The first sprinkling. Number two. Smitten across the face in the house of the high priest. Still same chapter. Luke 22 verses 63 and 64. They took him to the house of the high priest. And as he was there, some young men came and smote him across the face. And they mocked him. And they said to him, tell us who smote you. Because they blindfolded him. They covered his face and smote him. Somebody might say, why would smiting involve blood? Yes, it does. The same word used there was used in Isaiah 38. When the enemies, the Assyrians, encamped against Israel. And the Bible says in one night as they called upon God, an angel of the Lord went to the camp of the Assyrians and smote and smote in the camp of the Assyrians 185,000 soldiers. And when they woke up in the morning, behold, they were all dead men. Angels that fight wars, warring angels, not singing angels. There are different categories of angels. The ones that fight, they carry their sword with them. Every time, everywhere. And when they smite, their sword is stained in blood. There was a man of God in America who was in the midst of a great financial distress. He wanted to buy a building for his church. Like we want to build this church, want to rebuild. And we are saying, Lord, build your church. We want to give this place a facelift, have new chairs, cushion chairs, have air conditioners. Would that be fine? And have a new generator and have some sound equipment. Would that be fine, church? So this man was believing God for finances. And he was invited to minister in another church in the U.S. So he was in the hotel. In the morning, he was in the bathroom. As he finished having his bath and stepped out into his room, he stepped into the realm of the spirit. He saw two angels standing in his hotel room. And they were taller than the roof. So the roof was moved momentarily. These angels were strong. And they had swords in their hands. And their swords were dirty. As it were, they had fought a battle. What? And they said to him, don't be afraid. Fear not. We are the angels assigned to help you in the area of your finances. We know you're trying to raise money for your church. We are here at your command. If you command us, we will go and get you the finances. The man said, what am I waiting for? In the name of Jesus, go! They disappeared. After that ministration, the following week, he got back to his church. A lawyer came to his church who was trying to help in the purchase of the building they were trying to purchase. He was meant to be paid. The lawyer was meant to be paid, <laughs> the attorney. He brought an envelope containing 250,000 US dollars and handed it to him and said, your God said I should give you. And he walked away. 
They still needed another 250,000. The man came back a week later. I'm sorry. Your God said I should give you $500,000, but I was disobedient. I brought 250. Here is the remaining 250. Who tells you that angels don't work for you? Hebrews 1, 14. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them that shall be heads of salvation? Instead of doing beggy, beggy, go on your knees and pray and release your angels. Did you hear what I said this morning? How much can people give you? People are broke everywhere. You have a God that is unlimited. So when the Bible says they smote him across the face, you, you have that in uh, Luke 22 verses 63 and 64. Blood actually came out. The second sprinkling of the blood. Number three, as part of the molestation he suffered, they molested him too much for you and for me. They pulled off the beard and blood flowed. Isaiah 50 and verse 6. This was prophesied by Isaiah. But if you have a Bible like mine, you will see, some, you will see a star beside that scripture. A star that was not shaded. If you have a Bible like mine, that is to tell you that's a messianic scripture. And if it has been fulfilled, you will see a star that has been shaded. Now, in Isaiah 50 and verse 6, he said, I gave my back to the smiters. Smiters. This is not talking about mockers. It's talking about people that beat him, people that injured him. They injured, they smote him. I gave my back to the smiters. And my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. Jesus was a Jewish rabbi. If you know anything about Jewish rabbis, they keep long beards till today. If you see them in any country, whether in the U.S. or in the U.K., anywhere you see them, you see them even after dressing, wearing their coat or their suit, they wear their prayer shawl. Jewish rabbis always wear a prayer shawl every time because they can get into the mood of prayer anytime. Jesus was a Jewish rabbi. How did I know? You would remember in John chapter 3 and verse 3, Nicodemus came to him in the night. He tiptoed to his house and he said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher from God. The word rabbi is the word teacher, is the word master. Jesus was a Jewish rabbi. How did I know that he was wearing prayer shawl in Mark chapter 5? When he was going to the house of Jairus and people were going with him. A woman came in the crowd she had had a condition of hemorrhaging. She was bleeding away profusely. Now, you don't call that period because period should, period, five days and period. That's all. Period. But that wasn't period. That was continuation. And it continued for 12 years. Continued for 12 years. And she had gone broke. She probably was a rich woman. She had gone broke. She had spent all she had on all the consultants in all of the places, and she didn't get better. Rather, the Bible says she became worse. But this woman knew something about the Jewish prayer shawl. Oh, she knew something about the prayer shawl, and she knew something about Jesus. And she said, I don't need to hug him. No. I don't need to beat him. No. I don't need to kiss him. No. All I need to do is to just get myself to the point where I can touch the fringes of his prayer shawl. The prayer shawl is called the talit. 
The fringes is called tzitzi. T-Z-I-T, T-Z-I-T, tzitzi. The fringes. That was what was prophesied in Malachi, that the son of righteousness, unto you that believe, the son of righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. The fringes are the wings. Healing is in the wings. The woman knew that the son of righteousness would arise with healing in his wings. So she went for the wings. She went for the zitzit, the fringes, the wings. And the moment, in spite of the crowd, she pulled out and she reached and touched the hem of his garment. The Bible said Jesus turned around. Power flowed from him. He said, virtue left me. Who touched me? The disciples were there and said, Master, what are you talking about? Who touched you? You have been thrown with this, this multitude. Everybody pushing, pressing, pulling. Jesus, Jesus. I just want to touch Jesus. Ah, I don't, I've touched Jesus. I've touched Jesus before. There was a touch, but there was a touch. Somebody touched by faith. All I need is the fringes. Jesus turned around and said, who touched me? And he looked around and found the woman who had done that. And the Bible says she came out to the open and said, Lord, I'm sorry I did. I'm a woman. Da, 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 da. And the Bible says she told him, oh, she told him the story of 12 years. How many minutes do you think that will take when you have a testimony after 12 years? If you did PhD for 12 years, how many how many minutes will it take to share that testimony? Sir, and I also remember there was one lecturer. Ah, oh, it was crazy. This one really wanted to sleep with me. When I left that one, there was another one. It was, she was a woman. She was a witch. Ah, sir, I was washing her clothes. Me, PhD student. I was reduced to a housemate in a house. Oh, because I wanted that to supervise my project. Oh, my God. What? She didn't do it all. They now went to strike. Ah, now the, 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 the minister. Now, now, this is health, life. She told Jesus everything. She had gone through every single treatment. Bible scholars said one of the treatments she was exposed to was that they, put, they dug a pit and put fire there and spread a lapse over the fire. Bible scholars wrote that. And in spite of it, she wasn't made whole. Blood kept flowing. She was hemorrhaging. She kept losing weight. But the day Jesus came to town, Jesus is in town today. Amen? Can you reach forth by faith and receive your healing in the name of Jesus? All we need to do right now is to receive. He was a rabbi. I'll continue that story another day. We need to move on to this. Glory be to God. So he's been smitten. Now he's sprinkled his blood. We've seen two examples. We've seen the third example. The third example is that they pulled off his beards. They pulled off his beard. They, as a rabbi, he had long beards. They jammed off his beards. Now, how many of you guys have beards? And you'd like me to use you as an example this morning. 
I can see the people with goatee doing like this. Let us see. Tosi, now, come on. Let's use you as an example. I'm not talking about those of you that have few, few iron filings here and there. I'm talking about the guys with the real beards. Where are the, where are the beard gang, man? Tosi, will you let us use your beard? Can, can you, church, can you imagine the pain, the excruciating pain that comes with? Now, ladies, you don't understand that, but you will understand this. I am not going to pull off, I'm going to use a lady now, I'm not going to pull off your wig. I'm going to pull off your wig first, but I'm going to pull off your hair. When you drag a lady by the hair, oh, my sister, my sister started shaking her head, oh, that's not nice. If a man does that and, she, and he's dragging the lady and he's dragging the lady in broad daylight, do you think other men will be watching them and say, oh yeah, come on, come on. They'll come to you even if you're the husband. They would have beaten you first before they realize that you're the husband. Because that is animalistic. Can you imagine looking at someone and you just, you just yank off the hair on their head. Blood will flow. They did that to Jesus and they took it for you and for me. Number four. So blood was flowing everywhere. Number four was a gory, gory cross. Bloody, bloody journey to the cross. Number four, it was handed over to Pontius Pilate to be scourged. <laughs> You'll find that in Mark 15, 15. Mark 15, 15. Write it down if you're writing. You want to know something about the Roman scourge? It's a whip with many thorns which are embedded with pieces of bone and metal. Imagine what we call kaboko, a long kaboko, you know, kaboko, a long one, a long whip, and then you now lace it with pieces of bone, bone, and metal, laced in kaboko, and it's long. So if they give you one, it was stripped naked, all right? The whip would wrap itself around the body of Jesus. And then a soldier, not a civilian, a soldier would pull it. The moment they did that, my sister did this. <laughs> you will see blood splash in every direction. Blood everywhere. Just one whip, just one. Yeah. They will allow it to wrap itself. Then they will pull it. Imagine they gave him 39 lashes. Each one tore his flesh open. Each, each stripe. That's why the Bible, Isaiah said, by his stripes. Another one for stripes is wound. By his wounds. Because each beating gave him wounds. Wounds. He was wounded. His flesh was being ripped open, ripped open, ripped from back to front, from back to front. From They beat, the only criminals they beat with that Roman scourge were the criminals that were meant to die. Because the scourge will keep opening the flesh, opening the flesh until it gets to the intestines. Jesus took it 39 times for you. And, from, and the devil hates it when we talk about what I'm talking about this morning. He likes us to talk about motivation. You know you need to have the right attitude in life. 
Because your attitude determines your altitude. No, 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 no. Let me tell you something. You, you got to be bold because your attitude. Now, all of those things are nice. But this is the core. This is what will make those ones work. If this is not there and you don't understand where you're coming from, that will just be empty words. You face a mountain and you tell the mountain, mountain, if I cannot lower you, I'm going to elevate myself. 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 I'm going to elevate, elevate, elevate. And then it becomes a song. And everybody's singing it. And then we can make it a Christian song. Elevator! And then we sing it in church. But that, that doesn't work unless you understand this, where you're coming from. Jesus suffered like a criminal because of you and because of me. That's number four. Somebody said number four. Number five. Don't forget he's going to sprinkle his blood seven times. In mockery, because he claimed to be a king, they made a crown of thorns for him. Thorns that were long, extremely hard and tremendously sharp. Placed it on his head. Then they beat him and drove the crown down his skull, causing blood to flow, which coagulated on his beards. The prophet Isaiah described his visage as being so mad, he didn't look like a human being anymore. It was a bloody, bloody cross. Isaiah 52 and verse 14. They said he called himself the king of the Jews. So they made him a purple robe. Purple represents royalty. Somebody say royalty. Tell your neighbor, say royalty. Ask them, do you know anything about royalty? Praise God. They made him a purple robe and then they made him king of the Jews. They said, don't worry, we'll give you a crown. In mockery, they put thorns together that were extremely long and tremendously sharp. If you go to Israel today, they still have a sample of that thorn. They weaved it, the soldiers weaved it into a crown. If they put it on your head, you will be wounded. They did it deliberately to wound him. But they didn't know they were fulfilling the scriptures. Because he must sprinkle his blood seven times. Follow me, church. Listen very carefully. Christianity is not about bread and butter. There is a place we are coming from. And so when the devil comes to harass us, we must be able to be rooted in God and tell him, get out. Because we know where we are coming from. They put the crown on his head. They drove it down into his scalp and then they beat him. As the thorns pierced into the skin of his scalp, blood flowed out. The blood coagulated on, his, on the remaining beards. Don't forget they had yanked off some beards. He still had some left and blood coagulated on that one. By the time they were done with Jesus, Isaiah said he wasn't looking like a man anymore. He wasn't looking like a human being. That cute Jesus you see in the calendar, very handsome after being beaten, that just poses like this with a pointed nose, fake. The real one, let's see his picture. Give me NIV, Isaiah 52, 14. Now listen, this is where to listen, everybody, and don't, don't miss a bit of what I'm sharing this morning. This will help your Christianity and your faith. Now, let us read it together. One, two, go. Just as there were many who were appalled. I, 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 I can't hear you. 
I can't hear you. Let's read it together from the screen. One, oh, sorry. Those at the back don't have the screen. But if you have NIV, read it from your NIV. Want to go? Just as there were many who were appalled at him. His appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being. And his form marred, distorted. Distorted. Dismembered. Disfigured beyond any human likeness. The Jesus hanging on the cross didn't look like a human being. His countenance, his appearance... And you can tell why. The physical agony, the flesh ripped open, blood flowing from the head, from the face, from the beards, and everywhere, and the spiritual distress of bearing all of the sins of humanity. Not only sins, all of the sicknesses and diseases. Jesus had cancer on the cross. That's why you should never have it. Can I get an amen to that? He had COVID. The one that will come out next year or two years time, he had it. <laughs> Can one person have diabetes? Mellitus and insipidus? Have HIV, have human papilloma virus, have COVID, have malaria, have typhoid, have gonorrhea, <laughs> have dysmenorrhea, have neurosis plus psychosis, have glaucoma, go blind completely, and astigmatism, myopia, hypermetropia. Hormonal imbalance, have elephantiasis, have, think of all the haves. Think of any, any sickness you've ever heard in your life, that you've ever heard of. Jesus took it all. <laughs> and you think you will look like a human being? No. That picture you see in the calendar is a scam. Isaiah told us the true picture. Marred more than any human being you can think of. He had everything in his body. Because of you, because of me, so that you won't have it. Can I have an amen? amen. This is why you should be angry and be upset. When you are sick or if you are ever sick or you ever have a disease in your body, you should never have it. So don't pamper it if you have it. Kick it out in the name of Jesus. He took it so you wouldn't take it. He paid for it with his blood. So you don't have to pay for nothing. If you give me an iPhone, one hour later somebody, and you give me as a gift, and somebody comes and says, I have to pay for it. I'm going to fight that guy. Fight him off. What do you mean? Uh -oh, somebody just blessed me with a car now. The kind I like. Mercedes. Maybe it's GLK. And, 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 and he says, Pastor, it's your gift. It's your birthday gift. Say, Glory to God. Hallelujah. And it's legit. 
Can I have an amen to that? And then somebody now comes after and says, you, this car is worth 25 million naira, and Pastor Fred, you have to pay for this car. You get a slap on your face. And I'll repent after. Glory be to God. Right from the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. Matthew 11, 12. I'm taking what belongs to me by force. That's how to take your healing. Amen? I said that is how to take your healing. Amen? Stop, Papa. You know, it's our family sickness. What's your family sickness? When God created your family, he didn't create a sickness with your family. Medical doctors, when you go to the hospital, they always ask you, do you have the history of this in your family? <laughs> this is a new breed. This is a new species. And wherefore, if any man be in Christ... He is a new creature. All things have passed away and all things have become new. I don't care if he killed my great-grandfather. I don't care if he killed my grandfather. I don't care if he killed my father. Now he's got the wrong guy. He's not going to kill me. I'm going to outlast this. Can I have an amen to that? Don't bow down and kowtow to death. Early death is not a blessing, no. To die young is not a blessing anywhere in the world. In the word of God. Jesus paid this kind of price. Look at the kind of price he paid. Who can pay it? You still want me to pay it? No. You should be angry when you get home tonight. Somebody is sick in your family. With that holy anger, curse that sickness and tell it to go. Lay hands on them and let them and watch them recover. Next. You'll find that in John 19 verse 2. How that he didn't look like a human being anymore on the tree. The soldiers made a crown for him and put it on him and all of that. Number six, sprinkling of his blood. They nailed his hands and feet to the cross and blood flowed. Mark 15, 24. Mark 15, 24. Let's read that, everybody. And when they had crucified him, they parted his garments, casting lots upon them, what every man should take. Actually, in the Passion Translation, it says the soldiers gambled on his clothes. They were trying to see who would own his clothes. But the major point there is that they crucified him. They nailed his hands and feet and blood flowed. That was number six. Somebody say number six. After that crucifixion, he died. Listen, church. He died. Now, when you're trying to kill someone and the person has died, do you still keep killing them? Like they say, you don't flog a dead horse. If you flog a dead horse, you'll be hurting yourself because the guy can't feel the pain. This is why many times when people abuse you or talk ill of you, don't answer them. Do like you're dead because you're dead to the, to the flesh. When a wrestler gets to the ring or boxer gets to the ring and there's no opponent, he will go home. Amen? In the case of Jesus, he had died. But because the word of God must be fulfilled, his blood had been sprinkled six times. It remained one. One more. Somebody say one more. Come on, come on, come on. Like you're with me, say one more. There was one more to go. The soldiers were already playing. They were playing Ludo. 
playing. And one of them just got up. He said, this, this guy, this guy is dead, man. He calls himself the son of God. And took his spear. And they asked him, where are you going? He said, I'm going to wound him. He's already dead. Leave him alone. He said, no, I have to wound him. You see, he still has blood. He said, with all that he had been bleeding and bleeding and bleeding, there's no more blood in him. He said, he has blood. You will see now. Look, guys, he was doing that because the word of God must be fulfilled. He thought he was hurting Jesus, but he was helping him to fulfill destiny. The Bible says he took his spear. I'll give you the scriptural reference. John 19, 34. John 19, 19 and verse 34. 19, John 19, 34. But one of the soldiers with a spear, you know what he did? He went to the side of Jesus and pierced his side in the area of the heart and fought with came there out. What came out? What came out? Blood and water. Rock of ages cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Let the water and the blood from thy raven side which flow. That's where they got him from. What does that tell us? The high priest sprinkled the blood seven times. Jesus, our high priest, according to Hebrews 3.1, sprinkled his own blood seven times. The word of God comes with precision. Yay. Whatever God has said about you, there is no enemy powerful enough to stop it from coming to pass unless you are the enemy. You are the only one that can stop the prophecy of God from coming to pass over your life if you say, I don't want. But if you will agree with God and stand in faith and make your confession, whatever God had said about you will come to fruition in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout seven times. Seven times. Jesus fulfilled the requirement. As that soldier went and pierced his side, water flowed, blood flowed. He thought he was hurting Jesus, but he was fulfilling prophecy. They think they are hurting you by working against you, by ganging up against you, holding meetings behind you, saying nasty things about you, trying to demean you, trying to belittle you. They are criticizing you. And as they criticize you, God is advertising you. 
Let me tell you something about every child of God. Romans 8, 28 tells us that we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. All things work together. Good things, ugly things, bad things, they are all going to work together for your future. Can I have an amen? So stop crying. I don't know why they hate me so much. I don't know why they don't want me. I don't know why they don't like me. I, they won't like you. No matter what you do in life, there are people that just will not like you. No matter how nice, no matter how good, even if you lie, don't, don't fight anybody, just be prostrating to greet everybody. Some people say, why are you prostrating? It's a lie. It's just pretend. It's a pretender. You're prostrating, no? If you don't prostrate, problem. You're prostrate, problem. What do I do now? Live your life. Just ensure that you are in line with the word of God. This reminds me of the story of Joseph. His brothers thought they were hurting him. They ganged up against him. Genesis 37, Joseph, verses 1 to 11. Joseph had a dream. And he said, hey, brethren, listen to me. I saw in a dream, we're all binding sheaves. And my own sheaf stood upright. And your own sheaves bowed down before my sheaf. Yeah. The Bible says they yet hated him the more. They hated him before. Because his father made him a coat of many colors. Because he was the son of his old age. He didn't make them coat of many colors. He made him coat of many colors. They hated him because he was always bringing reports of their laziness to their father. When he now told them the dream, the Bible says they hated him the more. And Joseph didn't keep quiet. I said Joseph didn't keep quiet. The Bible says he dreamt yet another dream. And he said his father was there this time. He said, I had another dream. And I saw the sun and the moon and the 11 stars. And he had 11 brothers. And the 11 stars. And they all bowed to me. The father said, to fear Kwa. What are you saying? Make sure no God sees her. One yourself. One yourself. You mean not only your brothers this time, even myself and your mother, which are bow before you? Huh? Because don't, don't, don't let me don't let me sample your face. If I hear Pim again, you will hear when. You know our mothers. If I hear Pim, you will hear when. History tells us they now began to envy him, his brothers. They sold him out. They put him in a pit. They were going to kill him. One of them said, I have a better idea. Don't kill him. Let's sell him. We can make some money off him. And they saw this company of people coming from the east. Ishmaelites. And they sold him off. And as they were selling him and collecting money on his head, he saw them as they put him on the caravan. He saw his brothers counting the money and sharing it. Oh, yeah, you take your share. Take your share. Take your idiots. Go! If you lie, don't walk well in the house where, they, where, where, where you, they, 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 they buy you. It's your problem. And Joseph, I believe, was crying. My brothers, please don't let me go. Daddy said I should come and check up on you. I came to check up on you. Why are you selling me? Don't let me go, please, my brothers. I beg you. Oh, yeah, horseman, drive very fast. Drive very fast. Take the idiot, the dreamer. We will see what becomes of your dream now. 
Every time you dream, dream, dream. Eh, continue the dream now. And the guy was crying, oh God, oh God. And then he got to the house of Mr. Potiphar. And the Lord was with him. And the Lord caused the man's house to prosper. May you join company with the blessed man. Amen. Some people come into your life and you have been prospering before you prosper more. But some people, when they come, oh God, you marry. May those ones be far from you. Amen. Fast forward. He went to prison. Came out of prison. Joseph, uh, Pharaoh made him the prime minister in a country where they embraced education, where education came from, and he didn't have the opportunity to be educated. He went to prison at 17. He came out at 30. All of his productive years that was supposed to be in UI, was supposed to be in Cambridge, studying medicine and surgery, or law, or, 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 praise God. He, he, was, he was studying pre prison science. And by the time they got him out, he had nothing but the spirit of God and the wisdom of God in him. Pharaoh made him the number one man in the world. Pharaoh was number one in the world. Pharaoh stepped aside and said, Joseph, by your word shall my people be ruled. I'm only greater than you in the throne because I am Pharaoh. I seal it up with my ring. Today, you become the commander-in-chief of the armed forces. Whatever you do is done. Whatever you say, he said, wherever you go, you have gone there. Hallelujah. <laughs> that guy was in charge. And a famine broke out in the land of Canaan. All over the world, there was famine. There was no food anywhere, only in Egypt. Jacob, the wise man, an aged man this time, he had become old. He heard that there was food in Egypt. But he didn't know that it was his son that was in charge of Egypt. No telephone in those days. They could not watch the ceremony on CNN. Today, if anybody is going to be sworn in as the president of the United States of America and is going to be working in the Oval Office and is going to be in Washington, D.C., we can watch that person from Mokola, D.C. via our mobile phones. We can turn on CNN. We can watch at home. Am I right about that? You don't need to go to America. As I want to see the inauguration, you can see from your house. But in those days, there was no way Jacob and his sons could see the inauguration in Egypt. No way. All of this was an orchestration in the realm of the spirits. They thought they were harming Joseph by selling him. They sold him, but God sent him. S and S. They sold him. But it had the hand of God in it. There are times people persecute you. And it has the hand of God in it. God wants to bring the best out of your life. There are times you sit down, you are too comfortable in your comfort zone. You have become complacent. God will organize for some people to buffet you. They will buffet you. You will learn to cry and weep and pray and fast and depend on God. All for your glory. And let me tell you, stop asking people to die. Stop it, because many times it's part of your glorification. Imagine if Joseph had prayed, Father, kill, my, kill all my enemies, kill my brothers. Joseph didn't do that. By the time they got to Egypt, Genesis 43, verse 28. Give me verse 28. Shabit said they will not bow. Abi? 
what will make them bow, will make them bow. By force. Look at it. And they answered. Now, go to verse 27. He asked them a question there. Quickly. Verse 27, please, media. And he asked them of their welfare. This was Joseph now. They didn't know it was Joseph. And said, is your father well? He knew them, but they didn't know him. He had become fat and flourishing. He had become fresh. He was wearing a gold chain, long one, with a gold pendant, not gold, 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 24 karat. His perfume, if you catch the whiff of Joseph's perfume, it will fill up the tem this temple this morning. Very expensive. He was smelling money. Some people say they have money. Until they say it, you will never know. They are smelling poverty. There are people that just, they just smell prosperity. When you see them, you know they are prosperous. May God make you that one. Yeah. When they saw Joseph, they could not recognize him again. How would they recognize him? He was 17 when they sent him away. He was lequestic. I don't know how to say it in English. He had 11 at the back of his neck. Do you know what that means? When your neck is too long. The vein will be standing like this, 11. After eating some food in Potiphar's house, he became, he became handsome. Mrs. Potiphar said, ah, this fine boy. Let's collaborate now. He said, how can I do this and sin against my God? No, madam, no. I do I wash on you, man. I wash on you, I wash on you. Madam said, Joe boy. What's wrong with you now? Azim, you know? There was nothing on the ground. Oh, Madam threw something on the, on the floor. Joseph. Oh, if it were some, some youth of nowadays, they would say, Lord, we shall repent later. Eh, Madam, even as you are looking at me, even when I mean, Tete, I've been looking at you. With your dad, can I be maintaining you? It would have remained the chief servant of that house. But because destiny was going to push him out. Purpose was calling. Look, it came with a lot of discomfort. While he was still settling down, trying to now enjoy life in the house of Potiphar, they sent him to prison again. Kilo day, what kind of destiny is this? If Joseph were a member of this church, I promise you, we will gather together and be doing deliverance prayer for that brother. Kilo day, brother Joseph. Ah! We pray, 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 pray. Your brothers wanted to kill you. They did not kill you. They stood you inside pit. We pray, pray, pray. God allowed them to bring you out. We pray, pray, pray. They sold you again to slavery. As if that was not enough. We are still praying. God, set him free. Set him free. Set him free. We now had that God did not set you free. But he now made you the chief servant in the house. And we are all rejoicing. Be sending title. You are chief servant there. Be sending title to church in the name of Jesus. Lord, let him remain servant. Servant there is the chief servant. Let him remain. And why we thought God had answered our prayer. Because you have become chief servant. Now they sent you to prison. I don't have prayer. There's no more prayer left in this church for you. It was one problem to another. Are you like that this morning? One issue upon another. You are trying to recover from one, another shows up. You are trying to say, oh, thank God, I even have a reprieve now. I have a reprieve and relief. And then something else shows up. Joseph's life was that. that look, it is because of God's purpose that you carry 
In prison, he did not allow prison to be inside him. He was ministering to everybody. He was ministering. Ah, why are you not looking good now? What's your problem? You had a dream? What's the dream? Tell me. God will tell us the answer. By the time they came, he had come out. He had become the prime minister. He had been eating the best meals in town. Even Mrs. Potiphar had heard of his promotion. And she was ashamed of herself. Because her husband, being an army general at that time, must have been at the coronation of Joseph. Sir, yes, sir. Potiphar bowed before Joseph because Pharaoh said, I put my ring. Whatever you say, by your watch shall my people be ruled. Joseph became the commander-in-chief. He became the commander of Potiphar. If I were Joseph, I would now go and visit Potiphar and his family. Madam, I will do like Odulade Adekola. Madam, you lied against me. You said I wanted to have sex with you. Oh God, hey, my Lord, Samuel, hey, shut up. Who's your Lord? When you came back from the journey and they told you I wanted to collaborate with your wife and your wife showed you my shirt, you did not even interview me. You didn't give me the benefit of the doubt. The Bible says he took him and put him in prison. Took and put. No interview in between. No interrogation. The Bible says he took him and put him. Took, put. May God deliver us from those who want to take and put. But it was part of his destiny. But Joseph didn't do that. Imagine if Joseph went to their house. Are you all doing that? Everybody okay? He didn't show off. He minded his business. Then his brothers came. He saw them. He knew them. They had traveled from Canaan to Egypt. It was a tough journey. Their legs were dirty. How did I know? Because the day he finally told them to come to his house, the servants had to give them water to wash their feet. Leave them. Let them be mocking you. Let them be talking about you. Don't worry. They are never fresh. But you will be fat, fresh, and flourishing. He saw them. He knew them. They didn't know him. He's like a little boy taken from Mokola at the age of 17 to America. Now he's 30 and he wants to come home because he wants to come and marry. Everybody would like to see him. Have you seen Chukudi? Hey! His head is times six now. If you see the party, you know what they call party? When people go abroad and they eat, 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 it affects this place. It will expand. Party. <laughs> and the guy was smelling fresh. And I love Joseph. Joseph didn't speak their language. He knew their language. It was his language. He was speaking to them through an interpreter. He would speak Egyptian language to the interpreter. Interpreter would inter interpret to them. <laughs> My master is asking me to tell you, are you, are you okay? You have a father? Now, let, let's see the question. Don't, don't take away my scripture. Is, is your father well? The old man whom, whom you speak, is he yet alive? And then they said, the answer, thy servant, our father. Kilo Thy servant, our papa, won't be with that because we are our father is older than you. 
even our father gone, if he comes here, he will pray for you. Your servant, our father. Our father. Father, my servant. Did they now bow or not? We will never bow. We will kill you. We will kill you. We will kill you. They sold him out. When they came on their own, I figured they were prostrating when they were talking this thing. Okay. <coughs> ah, I see. They said, thy servant, our father, is in good health. He is yet alive. And they, and they, they bowed down their heads and made obeisance. Kabies you. This was Genesis 37 coming to pass. Without Joseph trading words, without Joseph going on WhatsApp to fight his battle and fight his enemies and throwing shades and going to Twitter and writing nonsense, Joseph was not into all of that. He just minded his business face front. I will preach a series very soon titled Face Front. I said it last Sunday, I'm saying it again. Face front. Let God do the fighting for you. They are still coming to bow. But now you are killing them. Oh, the enemy from my father's house. Where do your house fly? Oh, the cockroach from my father's house. What are you still waiting for? Fire, fire, die, die, die. And God is going to tell you, this is so serious. Gabriel, you're serious. I feel on that level. Let's move on to the next person. Oh my God. You needed to see what happened in Genesis 44. When you get to go and read the whole of Genesis 44, the whole of Genesis 45, when Joseph was now going to make himself known to them, the Bible says his tummy was yearning. He wanted to cry. But he didn't want to cry in their presence. He ran away and cried. Later he came back. But when he couldn't take it anymore, he said, everybody, get out. He spoke to the Egyptians, to fush, to fush. When they had to fush, they had to, to fush. <laughs> Is that their language? Glory be to God. <laughs> you go find out. All the servants, all the army generals, all the people, protocol, they all left. God said, go, you go. They didn't know what was going on. He wanted to reveal himself to his brethren. He had asked them severally about their brothers and about their father. And they finally told him, hey, there was one brother we had, but he's dead. Oh. Benjamin, Benjamin to Ruben. And Simeon and Levi and Judah, they looked at one another. <laughs> and Joseph was looking at them. When they were done with the drama, he said, he spoke their language to them. Shalom. The Bible said they could not talk. Shalom. We thought this man was speaking to shoot, to shoot, to bush. Now he says, Shalom, the language of their nativity. I am Joseph, your brother. Give me space, I want to faint. <laughs> they couldn't believe it. Oh, and he wept. And then I'll make a point that he made. 
He said to them, let's read it. Genesis 44. Okay, it's 45 now. And verse 4. Genesis 45 and verse 4. And Joseph said to them, his brethren, come, come near to me, I pray you. And they came near. And he, yeah, move on, quickly. And he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. I can imagine him with tears in his eyes. Now, therefore, be not grieved, nor angry with yourselves, that you sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. You sold me, but God sent me to preserve life. He said it again in Genesis 50 and verse 20. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for my good. Can I have an amen to that? I, I, I went that route to encourage you. No matter what people are doing to you, if you remember that the price has been paid, the ultimate price, which is the blood of Jesus, rejoice because it's all working together for your good. Can I have an amen? I'll teach more on this when I teach on face front. But let me tell you one application of the blood of Jesus. There are seven of them, like seven sprinkling. There's also seven applications. The number one that I will talk about and then we close is redemption. Somebody say redemption. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Write these scriptures. No time to read them. Ephesians 1, 4 to 7. Colossians 1, 13 to 14. 1 Peter 1, 18 to 19. Ephesians 1, 4 to 7. Colossians 1, 13 to 14. 1 Peter 1, 18 to 19. Then even write Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Then on the screen, I want Psalm 107 verse 2. Let's be on our feet, everybody. We have to bring the service to a close. What are the sevenfold applications? Number one, redemption. I, won't, I don't have time to teach them. I'll teach them next week and I'll pray for you. Next week is the blessing Sunday. Don't forget. Amen. Can I have an amen to that? Are you excited? We are coming from the blood and so you will understand. One is redemption, two, cleansing, three, justification, four, sanctification, five, life, six, intercession, seven, access. Psalm 107 verse 2. Read, everybody. One, two, go. Let the redeemed of the Lord think so. Let the redeemed of the Lord know so. What did he ask you to do? Say it. I love the British police. They have it in their underground train. When I was in London, I heard them make that announcement in the train. This is from the British police. If you see something, say something. If you see something, say something. <laughs> they got that from the Bible. Let the redeemed of the Lord not keep quiet. Lest Satan come and buffet us. And kill us as if we have no God. And treat us as if we have no Savior. Deliverance is in your mouth. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Don't watch your business die. You're not making profit and you're quiet. Your health is deteriorating and you're quiet. Your family is breaking apart and you are quiet. Ah, uh ah. -uh. 
Are you redeemed at all? Have you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior? Did he die for you? If the answer is yes, then say so. Say so. Say it. Let me tell you what I wanted to say in the beginning. When you make your confession about what the Bible says that the blood of Jesus does for you, Satan will be quiet. People who are rented by Satan will fight you. Have you observed many times that when you make the right confession, people around you will not be happy unless they are believers like you who have the right spirit. Somebody once attacked me. Why are you always teaching those, those children? Bless it, bless it, bless it. Why? Why? I said, sir, would you like me to be teaching them? Cursing, cursing, cursing. When we talk about the blessing, we're not talking money. How many times have I raised funds in this church? Whether for me or for church. Because when you say, I am blessed, Satan will get into some people to be angry with you. Are you saying you're blessed? I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. One of our brothers in this church was sick one time. Somebody called him on the phone, a superior. He said, ah, why are you sick now? Shave in your church. You're always saying, King Jesus is alive and well. King Jesus is alive and well. Why are you now not well? And he was saying that to me. The person was saying it to me. That brother is in church now. <laughs> I'm not sure he, I've never told him this. So he's hearing for the first time. And I said to his boss, or the person that looks like the boss, I said, sir, is your own King Jesus dead and sick? He said, ah, no, I didn't mean it that way. I said, so we will continue to say in the expression house that King Jesus is alive and well. Let me tell you what happens. Forgive me. I'll show you one psalm. Psalm 120 and verse 7. Let me read it. Let me read it. 120 and verse 7. It says, I am for peace. But when I speak, they are for war. I'll teach you this someday on confession. As long as you keep quiet, people don't have problems with you. But the moment you start singing, I prophesy over my business. I will do well. I will go to the nations. Look, this brand that you are building will become global. Some, some of your friends will start fighting you. What, what's your problem now? We go to church. Excuse me, is it your confession? Is it not my confession? When I say I'm blessed and highly favored, you need to see how angry some people look at me like, blessed and highly favored. I beg, how are you, Jare? When you ask me how are you, that's my response. I'm blessed and highly favored. How is your family? We are blessed and highly favored. One day, youth copper was chatting with me. She said, Pastor, she calls me daddy. She said, Daddy, I will adopt this also. I said, good for you. She asked me almost 20 times, how are you? How is family? How is medicine? Every response is blessed and highly favored. I am for peace. But when I speak, they are for war. When you start getting your confession right, Satan will raise people that will fight war against you. But don't worry. You keep speaking it. Let the redeemed of the Lord. What about the healed of the Lord? What about the helped of the Lord? Somebody say, I am helped by God. What about the lifted of the Lord? What about the favored of the Lord? What about the ransomed of the Lord? What about the delivered of the Lord? Let the redeemed of the Lord 
Say so. Say it. Now say with me this morning. Say through the blood of Jesus. I am redeemed from the curse of the law. Through the blood of Jesus. I am redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Can I have an amen to that? Father, we honor you today. For thus far you have helped us. And as we take part of the communion now. As we partake of your body and your blood, we seal up the blessings of today's services and we say they will be permanently ours and you will go ahead of us this week, Lord. And we go under the wings of your grace and you will carry us. You will carry us. You will carry us to a place where only eagles soar. You will carry us to the place of kings and queens kings and priests. You will do in our lives what only your hand can do in the name of Jesus. And we rebuke, I rebuke every sickness and every disease in the bodies of God's children in the name of the Lord. In the name of Yeshua HaMashiach. As we partake of the body and the blood, we are redeemed, we are blessed, we are restored our sight restored. Our health renewed. Our youth is renewed. Our finances are blessed. Our businesses are open to heaven's blessings. Yeah, creativity unleashed on us. Ideas, concepts, insights begin to flow to our spirit. Our proposals will begin to get and attract views and attract favor in the name of Jesus. Those who are currently employed, will be promoted. Those who are running their businesses will also be promoted. Yeah, yeah. Grace, great grace, great grace falls on us in the name of Jesus. 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 Thank you, precious Father. We honor you as we take the communion in Jesus' name. Amen. Take it with thanksgiving. Take it by faith. If you are online watching us, take the communion also. Get yourself a piece of bread and a drink and sanctify in the name of Jesus. Watch out. God has spoken good concerning you. Numbers 10.29. God has spoken good concerning us. Expression house, God has spoken good concerning us. And this week, in action, in the name of Jesus. Amen.